Hello and welcome to Impact the Borough, a podcast from the Greensboro Chamber of Commerce. I'm Brent Christensen, President and CEO of the Greensboro Chamber of Commerce. Each week, a Chamber staff member will sit down with a guest to discuss what we're doing to start and grow businesses, create quality jobs, develop our workforce, and tell the inspiring story of Greensboro to the world. This podcast is brought to you by Truliant Federal Credit Union. As one of the largest credit unions in North Carolina, Truliant is proud of its work supporting the businesses and the people that make our communities thrive. Chartered in 1952, today Truliant serves more than 250,000 members, helping them and our community build strong financial foundations. There are five locations in Guilford County to serve you. Visit truliant.org for more information. Hello, this is Tracy Myers, Executive Vice President for Member Engagement at the Chamber. As a result of the COVID-19 pandemic, we've seen a lot of our members have to completely rethink their business model over the past several weeks, and the results have been innovative and inspiring. Today, Heavenly and Stephanie will share two of those stories with you. Hello everyone, I'm Stephanie Rivers. I am on the Chamber's member engagement team. I'm their retention specialist. Today, I am here with Nino Jaimo, owner of GIA. Nino, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and about GIA? Yeah, yes, GIA is a, um, gosh, the best way to describe it is GIA's Greensboro's most visible speakeasy. Uh, we're known for our cocktail program, globally inspired uh, share plates and plates. We are one of the largest bourbon and scotch collections um, in town. And uh, we just like to tell folks that GIA is a social experience when you come to visit us. This is usually your night out, kind of just enjoying different flavors of beverages and food that we put together. Awesome. I can attest to that. Your cocktails are wonderful. Um, I imagine that things have been pretty crazy and you've had to really pivot a lot over the last several weeks. So how has the COVID-19 crisis changed how you guys are doing business currently? It's completely flipped everything upside down. Um, You know, from being a share plate and a plate concept that we do, we had to flip immediately to a family style uh, menu and family style sides um, and providing, you know, keeping our beverage program alive with selling wine uh, for folks who want that with their meals. But we've just felt that that was the answer uh, versus continuing on with our current menu. Uh, one, because we felt that folks probably were going to start being a little budget conscious and we wanted to help out with that as much as we can and um, kind of just offer just good food, good wine at a good price and just take care of people because we know it's uncomfortable. We know this is definitely not fun, but we wanted to at least make sure they still could have good quality um, food and beverage. Absolutely. So with the shift to family style from the small, small plates, how has that been going? Um, Some days are good and some days are quiet, you know, just, it's just up and down um, as expected with all this. Um, you know, we try to put our menus out every day. We're trying to keep it fresh. Um, and then working with our, uh, vendors and local farmers that are still operating and just bringing things that it's still coming out of the ground or what we can get our hands on to provide meals. So it's definitely been 
a completely different way to do things and um, just adapting, honestly. Right, right. Well, I definitely commend you guys on being able to adapt. Um, throughout this time, have there been any lessons that um, you feel have been very monumental that you've learned? And do you guys plan to continue to offer these family style meals um, and wine to go after the stay at home order is listed, uh, is lifted? Yeah, we're going to definitely keep this up. That was probably one thing we learned um, with all this is the fact that in restaurants, no matter fine dining, you know, any type of dining that you do or type of restaurant style you have, to go is a critical component. Um, and honestly, we just didn't put enough value on it before, but we really have uh, developed it and developed a program here now that it's, it's here to stay. Uh, more than likely, once the uh, restrictions are lifted, we're not going to stop the family-style meals to go. Uh, we won't do it in-house, like for dining in, but I, we feel that just keeping that going afterwards is still something we need to continue on doing uh, because we just won't know what normal is anymore. You know, we, we have to basically get mm -hmm. back in to figure out what normal is going to be and comfort levels of folks. Um, we've seen all types of people who are coming in with our curbside service. You know, you still have people who still want to come right on in the door, like nothing's going on to pick things up and you just have to halt them and say, sorry, hold on a second. We'll bring it right <laughs> out. Right. So you got Wait two types of people. <laughs> well, at least like you said, you guys have learned that the family styles, you know, something that's been a positive thing and you can take that on into whatever is the new normal, right? That's right. That's right. Is, is there anything else that you'd like to share with us? I was looking on your website and I saw something about Mother's Day. Yeah, absolutely. So um, one of our regulars, um, uh, Tom Campbell from Community Foundation, was telling me about how Oyster Roast was supposed to be last weekend and how they that was like a big fundraising component. And um, I just told him, I said, well, with family services um, of the Piedmont, what better way to kind of keep that alive with honoring mothers and kind of putting that together. So uh, we put together a Mother's Day package um, for mothers, uh, for fathers um, who will be like, oh, I don't know what to do. We're mm -hmm. just going to take that load off. You just warm everything up in your oven and pop the bubbles and get mom happy. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, $20 of, uh, each, of each meal that we're doing goes to family services. We're going to be uh, writing them a donation check when it's all over. And uh, we're just hoping everyone gets excited about it and wants our help for Mother's Day. That is awesome that you guys are going to be giving back even in a time where it's, you know, been difficult, especially for the restaurant industry. So, um Kudos to you guys over there at GIA. Um, well, uh, the bubbly and the uh, meal sounds good. I'll give a hint to my fiance. There you go. I'm a mom also. There you go. Um, thank you so much, Nino, for you know taking the time to share with us. Lastly, yes. where can we find um, GIA online and, and these orders and how do we get connected? Sure. So um, every afternoon we publish our menu on our website, uh, Facebook and Instagram. 
and you can see what the offerings are for that day. And then call. I'm here answering the phones and we're just putting the orders together. And, um, you know, even if you say it's three o'clock and I wanted to pick up at seven or six, we can we do that for folks just to kind of get it off your plate and don't have to worry about dinner uh, for that night. And also some people have been asking, hey, when I order it, can you just leave it cold and I'll just put it in my fridge and warm it up in two days from now. So the meals have been really versatile. So but our Facebook, Instagram and our website are the best ways to see um, our daily offerings for the food and wine menu. Awesome. And what's that um, website? DrinkEatListen.com. Great. Thanks so much, Nina. You're very welcome. Thanks for your time today. Take care. Hello, my name is Heavenly Walker, and I'm part of the member engagement team at the Greensboro Chamber of Commerce. And today I'm here with Bill Norman, the master's distiller at Fainting Goats Spirits. And we're going to talk to him a little bit about uh, things that he's been doing since we've all been taking a part of this uh, COVID-19 pandemic. Um, Bill, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and your business? Sure. Um, we opened up Fainting Goat Spirits about five years ago uh, here in Greensboro. It's a family-owned business. It's my myself, my wife, our son Andrew is the distiller there, and our daughter Leslie. Um, we've, uh, we make vodka, gin, single malt whiskey, rye whiskey, and bourbon. Oh, wow. I did not know that it was a family business. That is awesome. Now, um, tell me, Bill, you are currently doing something pretty interesting um, to help with the COVID-19 pandemic, which is making hand, hand sanitizer. Can you, uh, what made you decide to do that? Well, we were contacted about the middle of March by the FDA and the TTB, which oversees distilleries, and they gave us permission uh, to begin to make hand sanitizer. Distilleries are one of the very few. Hand sanitizer either starts with isopropyl alcohol or ethyl alcohol. Distilleries are one of the few people that can make ethyl alcohol at a high enough percentage to be used in hand sanitizer. If we're the, if we're the only people that can do it, we just have to do that. So we stopped production of all of our spirits um, and just turned everything over into creating hand sanitizer. Wow. So no other production right now, just hand sanitizer? Uh, that's right. And so it's really whiskey. Uh, it's not going to hurt our whiskey production um, until about 2024, 2025. We will begin to see these six months of not producing whiskey because it has to sit in the barrel for so long. Um, but the, the yeah. seizing the production of the vodka and gin has, has been an impact on us. We're, we're right at the end of what we have made. We can produce it in about five or six days, but we really don't have those five or six days right now because we're just uh, around the clock making hand sanitizer. Wow. So tell me how, how do you actually make hand sanitizer? So, Hand sanitizer starts at 190 proof ethyl alcohol. So the FDA and the, and the World Health Organization gave us the formula they wanted us to follow. So it starts with 190 proof ethyl alcohol, a 3% solution of hydrogen peroxide, glycerin to make it less harsh, and then it's diluted down to 80% alcohol. So I know you already had the um, ethyl alcohol on hand, but what about the other products that you needed to, to make the hand sanitizer? Did you have to go out and specifically purchase those separate? 
Yeah, we had to source those. Um, we were able to find them fairly easily, though. The glycerin um, and the um, hydrogen peroxide, uh, they were we were kind of on the front end of the sourcing before the panic actually hit. So we were able to source them um, right up front. And now we produce about 1,200 gallons a week um, of hand sanitizer. Wow, 1,200 gallons a week starting when specifically? Um, on or about the third week of March, I would say we started making hand sanitizer. Wow, that's a lot. Um, tell me, do you know or, or what what distribution channels are you using to get out the hand sanitizer? Well, it's... it's um, let me let me think about this a little bit because out of that 1200 gallons that we produce we give away about 400 gallons a week we just have opened it up to the community of greensboro and said if anybody needs hand sanitizer just drive by the distillery somebody okay. will come out to your car take a small container um, most people bring in a water bottle or a used hand sanitizer container we take it inside fill it up at no cost to them that's awesome. So giving away 400 and then the other 800 is distributed. Right. And that's typically to um, first responders, um, uh, Chatham County, Alamance County, Guilford County, um, all. Uh, we try to we try to get it to one central agency in each of the counties and let them distribute it to who they need to distribute it to. It's kind of been the easiest way for us to do it. So rather than a particular fire department coming to us, then mm -hmm. we will get it to the emergency services and they will distribute it to the folks that need it. That's awesome. That's amazing. Now tell me, how has COVID-19 changed your business? And I guess I mean that, and you mentioned that, you know, you're not manufacturing any other, uh, alcohol um, mm -hmm. or spirits, if you will, and that you won't see the effect of your whiskey until 2024 and that you're not even producing your, I guess you said about a few days out of your alcohol and gin. What other things have changed with your business? Well, when they, because we make a, a really a top shelf uh, craft spirit, a lot of the consumers that use our product are high-end bars and restaurants. And so once they cut that business mm -hmm. short, it really impacted our sales in the ABC stores um, because that's where that's where those bars and restaurants were getting our product. So we saw a drop in sales in the ABC stores um, almost immediately when everything shut mm -hmm. down. We are fortunate that we can sell bottles out of the distillery. So we have seen an increase in the sales from the community coming to the distillery to, to purchase our product. Okay. Well, that's good. I mean, I've definitely noticed that the ABC stores have had, um, I guess with their hours changing, I do, I do, I'm sure that that affects their sales as well. But of course with restaurants not being open and bars, um, I'm sure that was definitely an impact. Uh, tell me, are there any, I mean, we've all learned lessons about ourselves and about how we react to certain situations being that we've been under this stay at home order for over a month now. Um, what would you say are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned? Um, to appreciate everything. Um, nothing, mm -hmm. there's, there's nothing that uh, is as important right now than making sure that everybody that's near to us, our family, uh, grandkids, uh, children, 
that we all stay safe and how vulnerable that we can be just with simple everyday things that we do. And so to, to stop and really appreciate everybody around you. And, and it's not just, it's not just our family because of what we're doing at the distillery with the community. We, uh, We've been a part of, we opened up a massage therapy business here in Greensboro 21 years ago, Needed Energy. And so we've, we've been a part of this community for a lot of years. And to have the people come by the distillery, um, they are so appreciative of, of what we're doing. And they're so, I mean, people send us lunch over there and uh, it's, it's just beautiful to watch. And my favorite um, phone call that I get um, and this happens about 15 times a day is I will get somebody from the community call and say, are you guys selling hand sanitizer? And I'm able to say, no, not, not actually, we're actually giving it away. Um, mm -hmm. Just to hear the response and the gratefulness um, from the person on the other end of the line. And it's, and it's real, it's authentic, it's genuine. It is somebody that really appreciates um, what we're doing for the community and with the community. Um, that's, that's a blessing every day. Yeah, and those are beautiful words. I mean, appreciation um, and appreciating everything that we have and just life and family and friends. And, you know, uh, it's just something that I think everyone has had an opportunity to really reflect and think about um, how we, we don't think about what we appreciate until we, we're yeah. going through something like this. Um, and, and the community certainly appreciates all that you all are doing and the selflessness that you all have there by, you know, helping our community and helping our first responders. So we certainly thank you for that. Um, Bill, is there anything else you'd like to share? Um, I don't, I don't really have anything on my mind. <laughs> well, you shared a lot today. And so um, I'm, I'm definitely thankful for that. I'm thankful for, you know, having the time to chat with you a little bit. I, don't think I've met you personally, so I certainly look forward to that. Um, I might have to swing by there and get some sanitizer myself because I'm running low. So um, I might get to uh, see you soon. Come by there Monday through Thursday from, t I mean, I'm sorry, Monday through Saturday from 10 to 4. Somebody will come out and take your container and refill it at no cost to you. That's awesome. And, and before we go, where can our listeners find you, find Fainting Goat online? faintinggoatspirits.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Bill. I appreciate, again, the time that you've taken to share with us and just talk a little bit about Fainting Goat Spirits and what you all are doing. And, you know, we really do appreciate you and thank you for being uh, one of the businesses that we have here in Greensboro that is doing everything they can to help us through this and give back. Thank you so much. Thank you. And we, we appreciate the rest of the community as well. Thank you, Heavenly and Stephanie. And thank you to Nino and Bill for sharing your stories. Their success is a true testament to the resilience and passion of our local business leaders. No matter what the coming weeks hold, we know this community will continue to stay Greensboro strong. This podcast is brought to you by Truliant Federal Credit Union. As one of the largest credit unions in North Carolina, Truliant is proud of its work supporting the businesses and the people that make our communities thrive. Chartered in 1952, today Truliant serves more than 250,000 members, helping them and our community build strong financial foundations. 
There are five locations in Guilford County to serve you. Visit truliant.org for more information. You can find all of our episodes on YouTube thanks to our video sponsor, North State. Impact the Borough is recorded at Press Play Studios. Producers are Brody Cohen-Glaze and Holly West. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at GSO Chamber. See you next time.